You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Well, I wonder how this is going to go, I thought, as I got out of my truck and, and uh, was kind of hanging on to my hat going into the church. It was a Saturday morning, last Saturday morning. Remember the weather last weekend? I mean, the wind was strong, the air was cold, and there was a bike outside our, our door down on the east end. I recognize it because a guy rides it around the neighborhood. And I thought, oh, this ought to be interesting. So I went to the church unlocked and sure enough one of the ladies who that was there for a book club said we were having our book study and there was a knock on the window and we looked and there's this guy out there freezing and we wondered what to do well there were some guys here having a men's group too and isn't it terrible when you have to have your bible study interrupted by a person with a need yeah You laugh, but if you were there, you'd have thought, well, what do I do with this guy, right? Well, they did a wonderful thing with that guy. They welcomed him in. They got him some some hydration. They they got him something to eat. And what he really wanted to do was to warm up and kind of keep along his way. And he didn't want to leave his bike. So that's the short version of that story. It was an interesting morning here. And um, anyway, well, I can't think of the topic care without people coming into my mind. I mean, how do you experience care without someone being part of that situation, right? We can say God cares, but it's like the little boy, right, who was having a hard time during a stormy night, and his mom comes in to comfort him and say, hey, buddy, it's okay. Jesus is here with you. You can sleep. He's watching over you. And he says... You maybe heard this. He says, yeah, but I want to climb in bed with you and dad because sometimes you just need Jesus with skin on. (laughs) You guys, that's one way of thinking about why we're here as God's people, right? People need Jesus with skin on. And every once in a while, that means us. Okay, so I told the story at the Thanksgiving banquet our banquet, Thanksgiving service. I didn't tell this story at Thanksgiving banquet. Um, on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, when it was a night to talk about gratitude, and I was grateful. At that time, I had come out of kind of a really interesting uh, event in our lives. Kathy and I were in a three-month time away from the church. We were traveling out west. It was awesome. And in fact, on September 18th, this is how the day started. Yeah, that's me. Kind of bow-legged, aren't I? Anyway, that's me. And uh, we were in a beautiful bluebird, bluebird sky day. We were in the Grand Canyon. It was just awesome. And I probably should have been walking, watching where we were walking instead of looking at the Grand Canyon. Because I stepped on off of something or on something, and I took a fall, and it was not good, and it sounded terrible, and it felt terrible. And there I am by the side of the road, not being able to do anything or go anywhere So Kathy and I were just kind of like, okay, now what do we do? I said, well, our trip's over, that's for sure. And people kept walking by. It's really interesting. There are some nice people in the world, really. It's like, can I help you up? No, I said, you can't help me up. Could you use some water? I'm good. We got water. And finally, uh, one young guy that was real uh, fit, he said, 
I'm heading up to the top and I'm going to tell them you're here and get you some help. I thought, good, that away. And the next lady said, would you like a banana? <laughs> and I said, you know, I would like a banana. <laughs> so I had a banana. They weren't all that way. I mean, some people, this was a steep part of the Bright Angel Trail going down in the Grand Canyon. And, uh, and so some people were coming up that were really gassed. And so one guy huffing and puffing looked at me laying by the road and he goes, that looks like a great idea. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're thinking about yourself. You aren't thinking about me. And then Steve came. Oh. I almost get emotional thinking about Steve. In fact, I have gotten emotional thinking about Steve. Steve was a little older than me. He was quite a bit taller than me. He was in really good shape. And he obviously was kind of official because he had on these uh, park clothes. And uh, I found out he was a trail volunteer. That's what he did. He walked up and down the trail and helped people that were dehydrated or tired or twisted an ankle or worse, like me. As I had, I found out later, I had uh, torn my quadricep tendon over my left anyway. It was, yeah. Um, but Steve just assured me. He comforted me. He, he made me feel like it was going to be okay and that we were going to get out of here. And he talked on his phone, and little Natalie came down, the medical student from New Mexico working for the summer there. And between the two of them, she's the one in the yellow they just did an amazing job. I didn't know how I was going to get the three-quarters of a mile up out of that canyon. But they did. He held my hips, and he was strong. And when I wobbled a little bit, he held me. As long as my leg was straight, I was okay. If it wasn't straight, it was not okay. And he just tenderly carried me out of that canyon. Um, I don't know if Steve knew Jesus or not, but I know God was helping me through Steve and Natalie. That God uses people, right? When he sees a need, he uses the people that are around to address that need, or that's what he wants to do. I said, Steve, are you an angel? He looked at me, nope, I'm not an angel. So I don't know what his faith thing was, but I know that my overwhelming thought as I was leaving the canyon and over the next weeks was, God loves me. God took care of me. And he chose to use Steve. We all have times in our lives where we need Jesus with skin on, right? Where someone has to help us because we're at a place where we can't help ourselves. And, um, well, as I was in the middle of that canyon trail, I thought, oh, I'm right in the middle of a Bible story. I bet you know which one I'm going to talk about, right? As I was the guy by the side of the road and there were people passing by, okay, you might know where I'm going. And if you're new to following Jesus, there's a lot of stories like this. Jesus told a parable, a, a story, and we're going to be looking at a bunch of them coming up. And a lot of them are interesting and fun, and some of them are edgy. This one is interesting, and it's fun, and it's a little bit edgy. Okay, it's this, we call it the parable of the Good Samaritan, and that might not seem like such a big deal, but let's just say Jewish people like Jesus and Samaritans who lived a farther north, there was not a lot of love lost between these people. They both, kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys, they hadn't gotten along for a long time, and some of them probably thought, like, why is it we don't like Samaritans? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like people can be, we know what it's like. Well, here's the story of the Good Samaritan. It's in Luke chapter 10. I'll read it. 
for us. Okay, it's the red ribbon. There we go. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he was traveling, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he got out to Denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Man, Jesus tells powerful stories. And, and uh, this is kind of inspiring because this guy did a nice thing, but did you notice that Jesus, who was being tested by kind of a religious expert of the law, did you notice that the religious people in the story did what? They both saw the person in need and passed by. I don't know, but I'm sure I do that all the time. How about you, right? I'm sure there's times when someone's knocking on the window and I'd say, please go away. I'm having a Bible study. You know? Or think of some good reason that I, I have a whole list of reasons I'm sure why I haven't helped. But Jesus has my attention here. Because I've, man, I've worked like a long time as a pastor. Shouldn't that count for something? What counts is that when we're living in a broken world and we know Jesus, that we have an opportunity to reflect Jesus. Whether we like to or not, we bear his name. And we are his witness. Sometimes I'm a good witness. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> but I'm always a witness. So this is a, this is a really powerful story. Jesus tells stories like this all the time. In fact, he told lots of these stories to his 12 disciples. And the ones that were really important the Holy Spirit inspired them to write down so we could hear those stories too. And Jesus flat out demonstrated God's love in action. So like, where do you see yourself in this story? Do you see yourself as the beat-up person who needs help and you're glad God came to help you? Or do you see yourself as the one who comes upon someone who's beat up and needs help and you feel called to do with that person? It's interesting. This is an interesting story. And it's preached lots of different ways. 
Some people will say that the, the Good Samaritan is a story of how God saves us because we're in sin, has beat us up, and there's nothing we can do. And then Jesus comes along, and not only is he inconvenienced, not only is he aware it's going to be messy, not only is he aware of, it's gonna, of what it's going to cost him, like his life, but he does what needs to be done because we need it. Yeah, that's maybe a way to think about this story. But I think Jesus had a point here about what it means to be one of God's people because the religious leaders, everybody would have said they're one of God's people. The Samaritan, just about nobody. When Jesus says, now which one of these do you think was reflecting God's will, God's ways to love God and love people? And I'm sure the guy had to swallow hard and go, the Samaritan. (laughs) Yeah. Because God has a heart for people. If I were going to say to you, uh, what is probably the most popular Bible verse that that the church knows? You'd probably say what? John 3.16, probably, right? And let's say this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's how much God loves us. That's what God did for us. And he literally became God in the flesh to do it. Wonderful. John, the one whose gospel this comes from, that was very close to Jesus when Jesus was revealing himself, when God was here, when God was doing stuff, when God was saying stuff, because Jesus literally was God in the flesh after Jesus gave himself that we might have peace with God and know this wonderful thing we call forgiveness that we crave. It's so hard for us to do at times, but when we're forgiven, it's wonderful. Anyway, John later would disciple new believers in Jesus that had heard the good news and and rejoiced in the good news and were trying to live this new life centered around the good news or the gospel of Jesus. And we need help. Last week, Pastor Doug talked about what? Discipleship, if you, were, if you were with us. Discipleship is one of the things God has called his people to do, including this people, Triumph, right? And that's what those letters in the New Testament are about. They're God discipling people through the apostles and still discipling us through the apostles. Anyway, I think this is kind of fun. We know if, uh, John 3.16. How about 1 John 3.16? This is from a letter that John wrote, and it goes like this. Why don't you read 1 John 3, 16, and then I'll read 17 and 18, okay? Let's read it together. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, Let's not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Real needs need real care and real love. And God cares about people that are in places where they can't help themselves. So how does he address those needs? I am so grateful that because I'm a pastor of a church, of perfect people, 
Okay, we're not perfect. Neither is your pastor. But even imperfect people who pass by a lot, right? I still get to see what it looks like with Jesus with flesh on. I'm so glad to be in a community. You know, God loves kids that haven't had a good meal in days, haven't had clean water in days. How does God reach out to kids that haven't had a meal in days? Well, I love that there were, that some of you guys and people from all over our community were all of them followers in Jesus. I don't know that all of them were followers in Jesus, but God used them to feed kids who needed a very nourishing meal in a very difficult time. And so over, over, well, the goal was 10 million meals packed in Fargo by last weekend in the course of a week. And I, I think, if I'm right, there was only 9,712,224 that were packed. Isn't that wonderful? I hope it makes your soul happy to be in a community where we get to do these kinds of things. I know that there are some, some gals in this church that had their cars serviced during Winterize Your Car by some of the other folks in this church that kind of do that through the deacons. So when it's 10 below and you go, rawr, 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 and it starts, it's great. And you know there's oil in there and your brakes work. Oh, I love it. Giving tree. I love the deacons as they talked about this. Some of you pulled, you pulled a tag off the tree and looked up the the QR code or whatever and found out a situation, you bought gifts and then you gave it to the deacons and, and they got to give it to people that just said, nope, this somebody at the church just wanted you to have this. Somebody going through a difficult time. Might have been just because of, of, of a shortness of funds or difficult situation. But basically, you know what happened? They got a hug. They got a hug from their church. And I hope they sense it was a hug from the Lord too. We can go on. Those little boxes in the back of the church, they do such wonderful things. We mentioned them on communion Sundays, and some of you slip a little bit into there on communion Sundays or at other times where you go online and say, this is for the deacons. Those slipping moments resulted in $35,000 of tangible love that, was, that helped people get hot water heaters, help them get a damage deposit to get into a, I mean, it did a lot of beautiful things. Yeah, but what really, really blesses my heart, because I get to hear some of these stories. I, I, I wish you could hear them all too is that when ordinary people see an ordinary need, either in the church or outside of the church, and it's not a big deal, they just feel like I should do something to help. So they help. This is the beauty of Jesus at work in this broken world through his church. So why do we care as we wrap this up? Well, first of all, we care for each other and others. As it says, uh, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So we have a community to love. And we have opportunity to do that. There are many different ways. I love it that some of you here bring meals to the Perry Center that helps gals who have a pregnancy at a time in their life when... Man, we're just so glad that they keep their little one and, and bring her or him into the world, but it's going to be kind of tough because of their living situation. So the parish, parish center says, welcome in. We'll care for you while you 
while you get ready to have your baby, and some of you make food and bring it over to encourage the girls. I love that. I love, however, things that aren't so official, things like how you doing in the foyer. It doesn't have to be money all the time or something dramatic. You know what's maybe more valuable than money in the time in which we're living? Time. Time. And you ask someone how they're doing and you know that, I don't know if I want to do that today because I think the answer is going to be longer than I want it to be. (laughs) But you do. Because listening is one of the most honoring and life-giving things that we do. We care. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give you guys, he said as he was getting ready to go to the cross, as I have loved you, so love one another. This is how people are going to know that you're my disciples, that you belong to me. Okay? So we care not for each other only, or not for those outside of our church only. God gives us, takes that or out and puts an and in there. That's what we do. We care for those who are in our, in our spiritual family, because that's what families do, but we're also open to opportunities. We can't own the whole thing, just the opportunities that he gives us. We care for each other and others, and we care because God loves it when we do. Jesus, uh, uh, when he talked about the end of days and we're all before him, Jesus, uh, he uses a picture of people standing before the king and the king says to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And they looked at him and said, like, when did we see you in any of those situations, Jesus? Jesus said, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When we care for people in need, Jesus says, you know what you're doing? It's like you're caring for me. I love it. I love it when you care. It's like you're caring for me. You're thinking, man, some of the people I've cared for do not remind me of Jesus. <laughs> it's okay. He feels it like you're caring for him. And then lastly, we care because we're loved by God. You know, we all know that hurt people hurt people. We also know that loved people have a new capacity to love people. And no one loves like our Heavenly Father. No one loves like he loved us through Jesus, not with words. Well, he, he does say some wonderful things to us, but with action. As Jesus laid down his life for us, which we're going to be reminded of, that's why I think communion is so important. It reminds us of how much God loves us and how he met us at our point of deepest need. God demonstrated his love for us, not when we got all cleaned up and worthy, but while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for us. Maybe some of you were still thinking about my friend Steve. Well, not my friend. I mean, I think he's great. I don't know if he remembers me. I don't know his last name. But you might be thinking, well, wasn't Steve supposed to do what he did? He was a trail volunteer. 
You know, it wasn't some random guy that stopped and helped you. That's what, that's what he was there for, to help people. They were in a tight spot. Yeah, maybe it wasn't so special, huh? <laughs> he just did it because as a retired doctor, he wanted to help people. It wasn't just some random guy. So, when you come across somebody on the trail, are you just some random person? Am I just some random person? I don't know. I'm a follower of Jesus. You are too if you've come to believe in him. You're not some random person. So when we come across a need, can we say, huh, I guess that's why I'm here. I'm here because Jesus loved me. Jesus lives in me. And I guess I'm here to care because that's what Jesus does when he has his way in us. When the love of God is alive and well in our hearts and we recognize that our identity as followers of Jesus is to care. It's to care. I didn't, oops, I'm over time. I'm done. Let's pray. <laughs> you can look at our statement of purpose some other time, and you can, it's probably in your bulletin today or on, on the website, and it says that it's essential for us to reflect Jesus that we are concerned about people's needs. I'm just thinking that's a little weak after I looked at it this week. It doesn't cost me anything to be concerned. <laughs> I'm to be more than just concerned. I'm to do what I can do to step in and do what I can do when I see a need. It's love and action, right? Let's pray. More than just concern. Love and action. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. And I pray now that you would bless this time that follows. I pray that we would, again, somehow be reminded of your great love for us in a way that softens and encourage, encourages us and gives us an awareness of the privilege it is to be your people in this broken world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I, I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or, or streaming this content today. We try and pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or, or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you can jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again and may the Lord bless you.